Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the one and only Dave Fremlin Show. I am the one and only Dave Fremlin, and you are listening to me. Yay! Um, today is Friday, February 18th, 2022. It's cloudy out now, but it's supposed to be sunny in 85 at Disney World here in sunny central Florida, the sunshine state, the state of orange juice. You know, I love orange juice. And I, my brother, when I lived in San Diego, my brother had this just amazing orange tree. And it was so filled with oranges that I would go and pluck them and make orange jam, orange juice, orange sauce, orange cake, orange pie, orange, you name it, for like a whole season. And I don't have that here now. And he sold that house and moved. But that's not my topic for today. You are listening to The Dave Fremlin Show. Wanted to share with anyone who's interested out there. Um, it takes a so, super uh, duper long time yeah. to boot it up. Um, and so I, anyways, and now tonight I'm going to not give you some information. Yay! A doctor. Um, which I forgot what it is. Right. You are listening to The Dave Fremlin Show. Yay! I guess we'll see what happens, right? So my topic for today is going to be first, of course, and naturally about restless legs and acceptance because of the fact that it's the most important thing in my world. And if you're a person who suffers from restless legs, it's probably controlling your world a lot too. And therefore, um, the reason I do my podcast is to impart the... Mm, the process that I go through so that if somebody else is struggling, they can figure, maybe get more information from me because I've already done it, hopefully. Because the things I do, I learned partially from other people that went ahead of me. But anyways, uh, last night, okay, so the the struggle, there was a huge, it's been in a flare-up. I call it a flare-up when when everything is going smoothly and I think I have the restless legs under control, at least at a tolerable level, and then suddenly it changes, it shifts, it gets worse, it gets a different time of day, it gets something changes. I call it a flare-up and because I don't have a better word for it. And I consider that a flare-up until such time as I get it sort of back to a level where I'm not going mad. And so the methods that I use during a flare-up, because um, you know, it seems like I have them, it, I don't know what causes it. I would, I would, I'm imagining that it has to do with diet, emotional events, um, changes in exercise, weight, and any little thing can do it. Okay, I've had a couple of variables in my world. Um, I don't know if they're 100% to blame, but one of the things that I like to drink um, that contains no chemicals that uh, it's I like carbonated soda ginger ale diet ginger ale the brand that I like is no longer available and so um, the brand that I switched to has different chemicals in it I think it might be a problem so I switched to water yesterday I drank only water for the whole day um, I think there was a a drop in the level of restless legs so um Look out for sodas with aspartame or artificial sweeteners. Okay, so now getting rid of sugar is not enough. Now artificial sweeteners as well. Um, and so that was one change I made. And last night, you know, it's very hard for me to not eat chocolate at least once a day. So that's a problem. But 
La- okay, so the last, it's been in a flare-up and it's been getting slightly better as I sort of work with some of these um, variables. And I've had, you know, I've gained a little weight, like a pound or two, but I think it's, I've been changing the way that I exercise in order to build muscle. I think there's changes and I think anything changes, changes the restless legs. So right now what I'm doing is I'm kind of one variable at a time, sort of backtracking and seeing what perhaps I can work with and la- and also magnesium. And last night, thank goodness, I'm one, no, la- last, the night before, I had a really good night's sleep. But last night, I slept deeply. And according to my monitor, I did get six and a half hours of sleep, which is pretty good. But I remember waking up and being very uncomfortable throughout the night and sweaty and whatever. But I feel rested today enough. And today is Friday, and I don't have a big day plan. I'm just going to go to Disney World and relax. You are listening to... The one and only Dave Fremlin Show on Podbean. Not pressuring myself to go on a lot of rides. or just going to hang out. And if my foot hurts, I'll come home. But the last thing I want to do, what I don't want to do, is stay at home and do nothing. And then at the end of the day, nothing got done and I'm depressed. You know what I mean? Like, it just, you know... And then be uncomfortable because if I stay home, I'm just going to be uncomfortable. So I'm back to, and this, I'm going to tell you, consistently works. I'm back to this. When I don't have restless legs in the morning, such as now, and there's no need to be expending energy on movement, I am not expending energy on movement because later on tonight when my foot hurts and I need to walk around, I'm going to sure wish that I did not start walking around and moving around so early in the day. You know what I mean? Let's say that I have six hours worth of energy for a day. If I start using up that six hours now and I actually need it later and later I'm tired and that's when I need energy because the hardest thing to wrap my head around and for probably other people too about restless legs is the restless legs for the most part it's given or take an hour here and there and give or take levels of severity it comes on at a certain time of day and it lasts in waves until a certain time of night at which point it hits a peak and after that it kind of wanes and goes away and I can sleep and then in the in the morning it's there but it's mild and I can function with being sedentary and as the day goes on you know I get it gets more and more severe and like around f- between 4 and 8 for actually between 4 p.m. and 3 a.m. is a steady increase in probably like it starts out where I get it for a few minutes and I can get up and walk around, wash dishes, do something, and then sit back down. 10 minutes on, 15 minutes off, eight o'clock, four in the afternoon, five in the afternoon. Six in the afternoon, 15 minutes on, 15 minutes off, eight o'clock at night, 30 minutes on, 10 minutes off, 10 o'clock at night, have to walk around for a full hour. 11 o'clock at night, can't sit still. 12 o'clock, 
take a shower, don't notice the restless legs because I'm occupied with cleaning my house, getting ready for bed. One o'clock, get ready for bed. Restless legs hits right when I get right when I go horizontal. So up and down, up and down between 1.30 and 3.30. 3.30, terrible restless legs have to walk around the house 20 minutes, then suddenly able to fall asleep. So you can see that I'm pretty aware of my pattern. And so what has worked and consistently works, and it's not perfect, is to going with that pattern, as you can see, the restless legs is less severe in the earlier parts of the day and there is an, a, there is an ability to tolerate it and to sit still and relax. But as you can see at three in the morning, at the most frustrating time of day when it could possibly happen is a time when I need to be up and walking around. And if I'm too tired and my foot hurts, then that time of night becomes, you get the restless legs and then the pain and the duly added insult of being tired and then that causes a whole nother chain of mental health events and so as you can see is plainly easy to see that the best way to camouflage the symptoms the symptoms are not going away the thing to do is to camouflage the symptoms so they are less noticeable so it's not as irritating and hopefully train the brain. You know, a lot of it has to do with training the brain. So, and well, I can't guarantee that because I've been working on this for a long time. But my theory, and hopefully it works, is I camouflage the symptoms when they're at their worst. I'm Dave Fremlin, and you are listening to the one and only Dave Fremlin Show. By doing something that occupies my mind, and then I forget that I have the restless legs. Now I've been working on this for about five years now. And during the periods when it works, it works very, very well. Uh, I would say 80%, 80%. So 80% it works 80% of the time. At the times that it doesn't work, it still works 20 to 30%, 10% of the time. At its worst, that method. Now I wish there was something that worked better, but at this point, that's what I have. And it is, at this point, sustainable. And when I do get into those flare-up times, I do have an out because I do know that I can, rev if I, I can look at what behaviors have changed, if anything, or environmental things have changed, and I can try to eliminate that variable. That's the best I can do. And the other part of it is to, at most importantly, I recognize that my restless legs and my foot repair job, my Liz Frank injury, I recognize that this is a disability. I recognize the restless leg syndrome as a physiological and mental health issue combined because the mental health issue comes from the fact that there's sleep and eating patterns involved with restless legs and because it involves sleep disorder, you know, when you get restless legs treated, you go to a sleep disorders clinic and sleep disorders fall under mental health issues. So I consider restless legs a physical issue, but I also consider it a mental health issue. And because the residual effects of restless leg syndrome cause mental health issues. 
And because the treatment that I took with medicines severely damaged my mental health. Okay? So I, can say I am well aware that my restless leg syndrome falls under the category of mental health. And I'm well aware that my foot injury is, affects both physical and mental health. So when I have restless legs flare-ups, I recognize that I have a disability that is at this point a struggle. There might be better solutions in the future, but I try to not, try to not is such a bad sentence. I make an effort to avert my attention away from the negative aspect that I'm uncomfortable and that this is damaging my quality of life. And instead I recognize this is a disability People that live on earth, they get damaged over time and many people have many problems. And as long as I recognize that this is a disability and it's something I have to work through and it is not a catastrophe, it is not, you know, today it is not the end of the world, okay? Today it is not affecting my income. Although, you know, it does affect my job prospects and at this time I, I'm on the fence between whether it's appropriate for me to try to find work or not. And at this point, I believe it, decisions like that at this level of where I am right now and working on my issues is up to God. And what I mean by up to God is literally up to God. If the right thing comes, like I am very willing to take on another level of responsibility I'm certainly willing to take on things that pay. But I am not willing to recreate or create, to begin with, a situation that will exacerbate my currently frustrating discomforts and um, things like that. But I am also very leery of not taking an action that might be very good for me. So what I mean by leaving it up to God is because I have no way to make that judgment. I will, left of my best decisions, will take anything, I will be desperate for anything. So what I do is I try to remember, not try, I remember that I have a disability and I'm going through a, a major life upheaval that has been ongoing for about a year now. Well, two years, everybody has in all of everywhere. The Dave Fremlin Show is now available on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. If you like listening to The Dave Fremlin Show, don't forget to follow me and subscribe to my podcast and share me with a friend. Thank you and have a nice day. But I'm particularly going through a change of life, uh, you know, with family and death and things and along with the whole rest collectively with COVID and all. And it is okay to not rush into, you know, making rash. It's okay to try a little bit, put my toe in the water, check the temperature. But it's also okay to push the comfort zone just a little bit each time. But it's not okay to push the comfort zone so far 
that the fear boomerangs back and becomes greater. So this is a problem that is is a very uh, important thing to look out for. Is is in the process of pushing the comfort zone. If I push it a little bit, I can like. Mm, I guess I can be comfortable with that extra little bit. But if I push it too far and become too uncomfortable, then I make an, an aversion to trying it again. Because myself, I can speak for, but I could speak for all of humanity because this is the way that humans and primates are wired, is that we develop aversions to discomfort, fear, and pain. So, um, if you know, and so that, and that's for a reason. That's for survival. That's the way brains are. You know, we live on Earth, and discomfort, fear, and pain are things that are meant to create boundaries for us. So, um, you know, human brains are wired for that, and they are less wired for joy, happiness, and and gratitude. We have to work on that a little harder, and that's only. Because of the way that humans are um, created on Earth as beings that need to survive in a harsh environment, you know, given the more, the less the environment. Well, I'm not going to say that. The more harsh the environment, I'm reliant on God. Let's just put it that way. I can't. I can't. I, I got myself into a rabbit hole that I can't dig my way out of. So I'm not even going to just try. I'm going to end where I was. What I was trying to say because I don't know, but. I know for myself that I personally, I can push the comfort zone limit to an extent where I go, oh, I'm proud of myself. I did something. I was a little bit brave today. But if I go too far and something is too heavy, too fearful, too painful, too hard, I will develop an aversion to trying it again. And I can give you an example with my foot. I have a painful foot. I broke my foot. It's painful. And I used to love walking. I used to be able to walk for like 10, 15 miles a day. I would get up and take a walk. I love to walk. It was so good for my restless legs. I love to walk at night. I love to drive my car somewhere and walk. And now when I walk more than like 20 minutes or 10 minutes, I feel like I got little pins spikes little pins and spikes all sticking out up and through my foot and my nerves there in those bones and it's very painful and i now do not enjoy walking as much as i used to in fact i don't like it at all but what i do is i try each day i have to walk because of my restless legs I try each day to tolerate the pain a little bit to understand that because it's not the pain. The pain is not <coughs> it's not getting any worse. It's not getting any better. It's just that's probably the new way that my foot feels. And so I try each day to tolerate that pain a little bit longer. But if I go too much, then the next day I don't I. I in my brain, I, the thought of walking is dreadful. And as soon as the thought of walking, standing is in my head, oh, God, no, I don't want to have to walk. As soon as I start thinking that way, it means I've pushed the comfort zone too far and I'm developing an aversion 
Does that make sense? Does because that can anybody follow that? Because that's what that's the thing to look out for. Okay, now it's very good to push the envelope, but it is not good. To, and, and everybody's limit is going to be different as far as they can push the envelope. On myself, I for one. And, you know, I'm in a very tender place right now because of all the things I've been through in the last two years. And I'm not making myself above anyone else. I know the whole world has gone through BS and still getting worse for some people. I mean, think of Canada. But, um, you know, for me, I I understand that I have got a, a mental health issue. I don't want to say I'm mentally ill. I have a mental health issue that has been ongoing and it was probably instead of being treated properly was exacerbated, made worse. And then I have some physical problems that I'm trying to understand because I plan on getting older on planet Earth. Hi, I'm Dave Fremland, host of the Dave Fremland Show on Podbean. Now you can listen to me on Spotify also. But please support my podcast by clicking the follow button on the Podbean or Spotify app. Thank you for listening and have a nice day. And as people get older on planet Earth, the pain, it doesn't get better, it gets more. You know, the myth is, oh, you know, with time the pain will go away. And that is to an extent true. But on the other hand, what also happens is those painful places in your body, (laughs) they are the places that break down first. So, you know, yeah, the pain from the immediate after surgery, it has cleaned itself up to a degree, but now there's a certain amount of pain that's just going to get worse as that area degenerates throughout time. So, you know, planet Earth is full of that. And um, it's very important to... For me, I have to accept, okay, that, uh, you know, I have to accept it that I have these things and maybe there are things that I'm no longer going to be able to be able to pursue. You know, maybe tap dancing was, you know, I had a lot of fun tap dancing while I could tap dance. And maybe now it's time to pursue a different type of movement art, you know. And what I really want to do is direct plays. And I think I would be very good at it. I've done it before. And maybe the opportunity is awaiting me now that I've finally put it out there. But um, we'll see what happens. You know, God knows what's best for me. And I have a very strong faith that when the right time is right, that the thing will appear. And as long as my eyes are open for opportunities that are on my doorstep, then everything should be fine. And I always remember when I start to panic about things I have no control over, that the source is not me the source is not me it comes from god and if you're a person who doesn't believe in god well first of all i feel sorry for you and second of all i can only say this i i do not come to my belief in god because somebody told me to believe in god i had to be i mean i have always believed in god as far as i can remember And I was taught, you know, I went to like Bible school and I learned about the stories of the Bible and what happened. And I remember the stories of Moses and miracles and all these things. But my actual and true and real and the relationship under which that I have understood God and me 
to have a relationship which has been for a very long time has come to me from actual I have actually seen so many um, I don't want to say unexplainable events there have been so many times and so many instances that I have both witnessed and have happened to me personally and where I have been um, privy to that have no I mean there probably can be other explanations but there aren't any and the other explanation is well this could only be that there is a, a higher power in control of things that is moving molecules around and shifting energy and arranging circumstances so that when I walk into the right place I'm at the right time and the only way I can describe my relationship with God without you know the only way I can physically describe it in words, which is hard to do, because it's a spiritual relationship and not a word relationship, but if I had to put it in words so that somebody could understand it, I would say that I have a, a fear, a pain, a discomfort, uh, or a gratitude or a joy in my life at a given moment, any given moment throughout the day, and when I acknowledge, if I am in a, a moment of fear, let's say, panic, let's say, let's say I'm fearful and panicked and I, I'm going to run out of money for a certain event. If I remember that the source is God and I thank God in advance, I just go, thank you, God. I know you're the source of all things money and I know you'll take care of it. I know I don't know how. And I don't, I can't spend my brain energy on it because I just can't. Then I just do that and I understand God. And I don't know how God works because it's all mysterious and all that stuff. But I believe that the space between me and the thing next to me that looks like empty space is actually filled with molecules. There's oxygen molecules and there's protons and photons and opatons and opatons. Well, all the little things that we can't see with our naked eye are there. There's dust particles like just between me and my microphone. Otherwise, you would not hear sound. And so when I speak the thing to God, that is my prayer, as it were, Either, God, I'm so grateful today that I'm alive, or, dear God, I don't know how to handle this. Please help me. Either one. When I speak, the vibration comes out of me. And vibration for speaking comes way down from within the body, way down near the gut. And that pushes air up through, and it vibrates, and then the vibration comes out the mouth, and then that pushes air. And all those molecules, they all push the molecules in front of them and they push the molecules in front of them and they push the molecules in front of them and that makes a wake and the wake pushes the molecules on the side and they all swirl around and rearrange and that's what really happens that's and until they hit your ear and then you hear the sound and and that's what happens how we see things that's what happens how things happen and i believe in god as the 
energy and the space between all the molecules. The omnipotent God that is everywhere is the space in which all the molecules reside. Therefore, if you think of it that way, every single thing on earth in the universe really boils down to swirling molecules and tiny particles and the spaces in between which are God which means every single thing is connected to everything else every single thing so it is impossible for me to have a thought that doesn't create an energy that doesn't create a vibration that doesn't create a next vibration that doesn't push the molecules around and so I simply believe very simple and this is my relationship with God I'm telling you as boiled down as it gets and I have in many times in my life almost daily been at places where mentally physically emotionally where I just do not know what the heck is going on and whenever I put that out and whenever and grateful too whenever I'm grateful and I remember that God is the source of all things and I'm either grateful or I'm dealing with hurt pain or frustration if I give up trying to figure out the answer and I just have faith that the right thing will come at the right time as long as my eyes are open and I'm ready for it I just know that it's going to be fine and the reason I know that is because it always has been and there is no reason why I would stop now as long as the relationship hasn't changed and I did not come to this relationship because somebody told me to do it this way I yes I have had spiritual counseling over the years I had religious counseling as a child in my own born religion I have been a member of various different types of I guess you would call free form Christianities and basic God beliefs I've understood other types of things like chakras and Buddhism and all these things I understand very spiritual I understand the thing about the crystals and the energies I've, I've studied it I have been taught it and none of those things told me what and how to have the relationship with God I came to my relationship with God because God has always just let me know that that was it that the, the relationship is there and so I can't answer that for other people any better than I just have but if you don't believe in God I first of all I feel very sorry for you but second of all I hope that if you can find a way remembering that all the molecules and the spaces in between are all connected through like if you just think of molecules and the space in between everything is connected it's all bigger than ourselves so that helps a lot and um i'm gonna let it go with that all right thank you for listening and have a great day bye the opinions expressed in the dave fremlin show are strictly opinions i am not an expert the dave fremlin show is written directed and produced by Dave Fremland and is a Dave Fremland production.
Thank you for listening.